Democrats humiliate themselves from campaigning in Canada to filing fake perjury charges against Brett Kavanaugh, and Serena Williams becomes the Hillary Clinton of sports. Then stupid abortion arguments, self-hating Republicans, and big tech keeps turning the frickin' frogs gay. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Oh, we have got so much to get to today, but before we do that, I have got to thank our new, or not that new, sort of relatively new sponsor, Purple Mattress. I say this with such excitement because I now have a Purple Mattress and it is fantastic. It is so good. It's really saving my marriage too. California King, can't beat that. It is so, so good. I'm a tricky sleeper. Uh, you know, I can always I can sleep in basically any situation, but I don't get very good quality sleep. I spend the night tossing and turning. My neck is all crooked. It doesn't feel good until Purple Mattress. Sleep is very important. You know me. I need at least 18 or 19 hours of sleep per day. Uh, Purple Mattress is the way to help you get a good night's sleep. Uh, it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. And you know, I, I have simple tastes. I'm easily satisfied by the best. I need my bed created by a rocket scientist. This is so good. It's both firm and soft at the same time. Sleep's very cool. Gives you the zero gravity-like feel. You're going to love it. Right now, my listeners get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. Don't say I never did nothing for you. That's in addition to the great free gifts they get uh, site-wide. Go to purple.com, promo code COFEFE, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, to at checkout. Uh, then you will get your free pillow and you're going to love this mattress. The only way to get the pillow is to use the promo code COFEFE, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, at purple.com, code COFEFE. Okay, a banner weekend for leftist tears. My Tumblr has been running over. This was really bad from sea to shining sea, from the United States all the way up to Canada for some reason, from the halls of Congress to the Supreme Court. A wonderful weekend for uh, leftist tears. And one thing that it showed, by the way, is that the left and the Democrats as the vessel of the left are really bad sports. They're really, you know, in politics, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And when you lose, you know, you lick your wounds, you regroup, and then you fight next time. What you don't do is sit there and whine and cry and wah, wah, wah. That is all we have been getting from the left. It is totally unserious. At the U.S. Open, Serena Williams became the avatar of the left these days. <laughs> She's she, All of the uh, conservatives who watched that... Uh, saw her and they said, oh my gosh, Serena Williams is Hillary Clinton. Roger Kimball wrote a good piece on it. Uh, we'll get to all of that, but we've got to start with David Hogg. He's that young teenage gun grabber enthusiast. Because the question with the Democrats is, are they genuinely ignorant or are they being obtuse? Are they just pretending? Are they just playing some cynical game? So let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's start on the generous end of the spectrum, the completely ignorant side of things. And for that, we have to go up to the Toronto Film Festival with Michael Moore and David Hogg. I'd like to give the microphone to them to speak. And if we have time, we'll, we'll take a couple questions. But uh, I'd like to start with David Hogg here um, to say a few words. Thank, uh, thank you. So here Michael Moore made one of the classic blunders. He thought that David Hogg would just say a few words. And David Hogg has never just said a few words in his life, <laughs> as we're about to find out. Uh, but uh, it almost sounds like the beginning of a joke. You know, David Hogg and Michael Moore go to the Toronto Film Festival. This is a hotbed of leftism. It is an avatar. It is a symbol of what the left is doing in American politics. Here are some of the young, benighted Mr. Hogg's arguments. I have a question for you guys. Who's ready to save America? 
Who's ready to make America the country that we say it is on paper and make it the actual country that it wants to be? I think it's the, the most important thing to realize, however, is the problems that we face as a country. Whether it be water in Flint, Michigan, or the amount of mass incarceration of people in color, of color that can't vote. In Florida, the amount of eligible African Americans that would otherwise be eligible to vote that can't because of a previous conviction is 21%. In Kentucky, it's 26%. In Mississippi and Alabama, it's 15 to 16%. These are people of color that have been historically discriminated against and still are to this day and have their voting rights taken away. It's exactly. Turn that shame into your vote. Turn that shame into your vote, except we're in Canada. <laughs> except. So here we have now David Hogg and the Democrats promoting election fraud. <laughs> Canadians, go vote. I thought, wow, really, they really are trying to steal elections. Now, probably what it is is he just forgot he was in Canada. He doesn't know that much about politics. The reason I, I point out this little segment, though, is I want to point out the racism of this argument. We hear this a lot from Democrats. They say, you know, we lock up all of our criminals. We lock up so many criminals. And by the way, that's why the crime rate has decreased so markedly over the last few decades. But we lock up our criminals and that is racist somehow. And the premise of that argument is that criminals and uh, black people are the same thing. But they're not the same thing. That's a, that's a very offensive thing to say. The Democrats keep saying that. Locking up criminals is not racist. That's just a matter of justice. Uh, black people are not criminals. Those are not synonymous. And when they make that argument, it really, you just think, you know, they, they are always arguing about white privilege. You think that is the most blind, tone deaf, uh, privileged argument I've ever heard. But then he gets to uh, correct the record on Canadians voting. Uh, can I, I think Canadians can donate to political campaigns in the United States. They can't? Well, uh, <laughs> well, vote here. Make, because... <laughs> yeah. This poor kid, he's, he's saying all of this nonsense. He's spouting all of his ignorance. And then he's turning to Michael Moore. And he says, Do, are, can, they, can they donate to political... No, they can't. When you have to turn to Michael Moore to get your knowledge about the American political system, you are in deep trouble. That is not a good place to be in. So he says, well, vote here. And it, this is something that the left does all the time. I, I notice this. Whenever you argue about one particular issue with the left, you'll they'll say their crazy point. Then you'll say your point and you'll shut down their idea. And then they'll just change the topic. And they'll say, well, what about this? You see it with abortion. You say, yeah, abortion is bad and we shouldn't have any abortion and it shouldn't be legal. And they say, yeah, but how much welfare spending should we spend on kids? You say, well, that's a separate topic. I'm not talking about that. You say you're, you're talking about some war or something in the Iraq war. And they say, yeah, well, how much money should we spend on public schools? So well, I'm not talking about public schools. I'm, I'm talking about the Iraq. They keep moving it because they have to move the goalposts. They don't have any argument uh, on the topic that you're actually talking about. And then there is just the blithe ignorance. And this was the piece de la resistance. I took the lid off of my tumbler so that I could fill it up from Toronto. Take it away, Mr. Hogg. Uh, th this question, if to the IRS, if you're watching on Facebook, why aren't you auditing the president of the United States who likely got $30 million from Russia via the, the NRA? There's an active Department of Justice investigation into this that nobody's talking about. Also, we're still at war in Afghanistan. What the hell? Like, I'm, I'm 18 years old. That war was started 17 years ago. 
Think about that. Also, cheese doodles are orange. Also, it's kind of chilly outside now because it's the fall. Also, you're just saying random facts. Also, pepperoni pizza is delicious. He's just sputtering and sputtering. We're, yeah, sh- of course, we can discuss the war in Afghanistan. I, I don't know that think about that is really the, the best way to do it. But he, this point he mentions, which is that the NRA spent $30 million that it got from Russia on the Trump campaign, that is simply not true. That is just flat out false. He says that nobody's talking about that. We know how much money the NRA got from the Russians. Ooh, Boris and Natasha. Ooh, the the NRA received about $2,500 from the Russians. That is slightly less, slightly more rather, than an order of magnitude off from what David Hogg has said. Two orders of magnitude off from what David Hogg said. And the NRA has owned up to this. They've said, yeah, we've gotten some money from a lot of different places and we can trace some Russian nationals. And they gave us about $2,500. Now you might ask, why was that number so low? Mostly because it's membership fees. You know this, if you join the NRA, you pay 30 bucks a year, 100 bucks a year, and then you get your little membership card into the NRA. So that's what he's talking about. There's a big difference between that and $30 million. More importantly, nonprofits can take money from whomever they like. It's not like a political campaign. They can take money from any sources they like. How do we know this? Because the Clinton Foundation did this for years and years in a way that the left had told us that's perfectly fine. Do you remember Saudi Arabia gave the Clinton Foundation $25 million, which is close to the number that David Hogg's talking about. Maybe that's where he got the idea from. So they give the Clinton Foundation $25 million, and then Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, approves a $29 billion arms sale to Saudi Arabia. That There might be some problems with that. We might want to look into that. But uh, it's perfectly fine for the NRA to get membership dues from people around the world, especially when those membership dues don't add up to very much. Uh, this just shows the left is really not to be taken seriously here. We've really entered into silly season. They're getting basic facts wrong. They don't care that they're getting basic facts wrong. And I don't even want to just beat up on David Hogg because the elected Democrats and Democratic operatives are no better. They're, they're no more serious. It's uh, the, the Democrat Party has decayed into a dying vaudeville show. Nowhere has that become clearer than at the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. There was a big press release that came out over the weekend. Democratic Coalition. So this is a super PAC that helps Democrats and left-wing candidates. The Democratic Coalition sends out this press release. It says, quote, Democratic Coalition files criminal complaint against Judge Brett Kavanaugh for perjury in congressional testimony. Okay, what's, what are they talking about? What they're talking about is that uh, a decade or so ago, and during some congressional testimony, they think that Brett Kavanaugh lied, even though actual legal experts don't think he lied at all and there's no evidence that he lied. So that's what they're saying. They're talking about perjury in a congressional testimony a decade ago, which didn't happen. Then the press release goes on. It says, a separate judicial ethics complaint will be submitted on Monday to the clerk of the D.C. Circuit for Chief Judge Merrick Garland to review. Ooh, how delicious. Merrick Garland passed over for the Supreme Court. Barack Obama sort of nominated him. Republicans wouldn't let him sit. Oh, wow, is this going to be good? The only problem with this tactic is that it's not even true. It won't work, and it's not even true. We'll get to that in a second. But first, I have to thank a wonderful sponsor, ExpressVPN. You know, if you're watching this show, I know that you look at some weird stuff on the internet, okay? I know that you need to protect your privacy on the internet. If you, I'm, obviously, I'm talking about dailywire.com. You need to get ExpressVPN. I'm serious. You should not be on the internet 
open and exposed. You need a VPN to uh, just c- cover up all these uh, security breaches we've been seeing, uh, all of the uh, Facebook and Twitter and all the social media people going in front of Congress saying that they're not taking privacy seriously. When you make an online purchase or even simply access your email, you could be putting your private information at risk. You're being tracked by social media, by marketing companies all over. The other day, I was just talking about a type of shoe in the green room, and then I started getting ads for the shoe. That is really creepy. Uh, and this was on my phone. Thank goodness I use ExpressVPN on my computer. It secures and anonymizes your internet browsing and encrypts your data. It's just seven bucks a month. Uh, do it. Do it today. This is the best seven bucks you will spend. Go do it. ExpressVPN.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. You will get three months free. ExpressVPN, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Three months free with a one-year package. ExpressVPN.com slash Michael. That is the problem with this Democrat strategy. The only problem with it is that it's not true. They say they're filing a criminal complaint against Brett Kavanaugh. The the way we know this isn't true is that it it isn't possible. Private citizens cannot file criminal complaints with the federal court system. That's not how it works. (laughs) You can, so what they did do is they wrote a letter to the Department of Justice and they said, we really want you to punish Brett Kavanaugh. So what actually what the press release should have said is press release breaking democratic coalition writes a strongly worded letter. (laughs) <laughs> a strongly worded letter to, to the, the other aspect, by the way, is Merrick Garland is an appeals court judge. So if they have some ethical complaint about Judge Kavanaugh, they're not, it's not going to go to Merrick Garland. It's not going to go to a district judge, period. It's not going to go to an appeals judge. It's going to go to the entity that holds Brett Kavanaugh's law license. Uh, even Vox.com admits that this is nonsense. And, you know, for Vox.com to say it, I don't defer to Vox.com on a lot of issues, but even the left here is saying this is all show. But these are the big headlines over the weekend. This is the big viral news story. Why are they doing this? Why are they running on craziness up in Toronto and these fake press releases that are just a pure lie in the headline? It's because they have nothing else to run on. What are they going to run on? They box themselves in. We've been hearing about Russiagate for two years. This is this investigation, the Mueller investigation, has gone on for over two years. And what have we gotten out of it? We found out that Paul Manafort likes expensive suits. And just in the last few days, they've sentenced uh, George Papadopoulos. He's the Trump staffer who spoke to a Maltese professor who had ties to the Russian government, who probably is best friends with Vladimir Putin. I don't know. I made that last part up. And what did the sentence uh, deliver? What have we got for George Papadopoulos? 14 days in prison, two weeks in prison, <laughs> 14 days, 200 hours community service, 13 months super, supervised release, a, a $9,000 fine, and 14 days in prison. This really beggars belief. This really beggars belief. I think the Democrats put all of their eggs in this basket. They were so shocked and upset by the 2016 election. They said, this can't happen. We just have to undo it. If they'd spent that time creating a positive agenda, they might have something to run on right now, but they don't. So they're just retreating back and back. They say, it didn't happen. It didn't really happen. Please, no. Trump's really a Manchurian candidate. Nobody is believing that. And so this question, are the Democrats being obtuse or the Democrats being ignorant here? I think at this point, this far in, it is very hard to conclude that they're not just being obtuse. They're not playing a cynical vaudeville game. And I've got some more evidence of this in what is undoubtedly the most ridiculous video on the internet. I, this was going all around Twitter. Uh, 
This is from Liz Plank at L.com. Because in the Kavanaugh hearings, abortion has been the big topic. Even when they're not openly talking about it, everything is about Roe v. Wade. Are you going to overturn Roe? Women's health, that's the euphemism they use. Women's reproductive health, that's the crazy euphemism they use because abortion and reproduction are diametrically opposed to one another. So here is what passes for comedy and argumentation on the left. L.com making a video about abortion. Introducing male masturbation crisis centers. The f**k? Sometimes self-love happens, and just because you do it alone doesn't mean that you are alone. No, seriously, how did you get in here? Look, Trevor, when you're going five against one, you're not just rubbing one out. In fact, you're rubbing out 70 to 300 million sperm. The actual seeds of life. What? Ugh. Men must respect these potential lives, and that's where we come in. As it is currently law in 35 states in the case of abortion, we offer Mandate, a preliminary consultation up to 48 hours before your masturbation event. After all, we want you to be fully aware of all of your options and consequences when you choose to tickle your pickle. If you're under the age of 18 and are thinking about masturbation, we'll ask your parents before you can follow Emily Ratajkowski's Instagram to see where she travels. Do you get it? Do you get the point that she's, the sort of point she's trying to make? Do you get it? What she's saying is that men, uh, masturbation is just like getting an abortion. Now, I can't believe that I even have to explain this, but I think I, I do because the left has failed biology 101. They failed health class. They were probably all outside, you know, who knows what they were smoking behind the gymnasium. That's probably why the legalization campaign is so big on the left right now. Uh, a sperm cell is not the same thing as an unborn baby. <laughs> it's not the same thing genetically. It's not the same thing biologically. If you leave them uninterrupted, one of them will just remain a cell. The other one will become a full-grown human person who can make stupid videos like that one. And uh, I, I wonder if this is because they don't get the argument or they just refuse to engage with it. They never engage with the argument. At these Kavanaugh hearings, uh, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, they never engaged with real arguments. It was all shows and distractions uh, to the other side. And let's just drill down into what this is. If Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed, which he almost certainly will be, people are worried that he's hostile to Roe v. Wade and that he'll overturn Roe v. Wade. I'm not so sure about that. Ben is not so sure about that. Ben thinks that he, he would not actually overturn Roe v. Wade. They might place some further restrictions on abortion, but that there's enough precedent that uh, Kavanaugh, in his judicial opinion, wouldn't overturn it. Who knows? We'll have to see what happens. What the left is saying is that if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, then we're going to have abortion outlawed across the country. That's not true. What happens if Roe v. Wade is overturned is that the question is returned to the states, and some states will have legal abortion, some states will not have legal abortion. That's our federal system. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, what they're, uh, the left is also saying is that the Constitution has a, a right to abortion enshrined in it. And I have to ask them, I've never gotten a good answer to this. Do they really believe that James Madison and Alexander Hamilton sat down, said, okay, we're going to have a free speech in there. Yeah, we're going to have a balance of uh, powers, separation of powers. Oh, hey, uh, Alexander, don't forget the right to an abortion. You can't forget the right to an abortion in there. That's, that's what we fought that revolution for, isn't it? Alexander, of course not. Nobody thinks that that is the case. Uh, but the left is not playing politics in good faith here. They're not playing, but they're interrupting the hearings. They're making a total show of the hearings. They're pretending that 
all of, you know, millions and millions of documents need to be read from when Brett Kavanaugh was in middle school or else we can't decide if he's an able judge. The man's been a judge for a long time. People on both sides of the aisle say he's a very competent judge. They're not playing politics in good faith. They know that they lost. They're still really sore about losing that election. And rather than regrouping or using legal or serious means of trying to counter the current president, they're throwing these hysterics. They're just throwing a total uh, temper tantrum. And this is why total providence, all nature is but art unknown to thee, (laughs) over the weekend of the U.S. Open, we got to see uh, Serena Williams embody the uh, Democrat Party. Uh, I wish I, I wish she had actually played her game at the uh, at the Congress. Um, but Serena Williams, if if you didn't watch it, the U.S. Open, uh, Naomi Osaka uh, won. She was not expected to win. Serena Williams was expected to win, and Serena Williams lost. Why did Serena Williams lose? Because she got outplayed by Naomi Osaka. That's how that's how sports work. Every conservative, every Republican who was watching this game was watching Serena Williams have this meltdown and just thinking, huh, this looks a lot like national politics over the last two years. Huh, someone got outplayed and then rather than being a good sport about it, they break down and start crying. Roger Kimball wrote up this great piece on it where he kept referring to Serena Clinton and Hillary Williams. (laughs) So uh, here is the, the, the way this first started is that Serena Williams got called for cheating. Not big cheating, not the crazy cheating, but she got, she was getting a sign from her coach and she got called out on it. She didn't think she was going to get caught and she loses it. Here's Serena Williams. Carlos Ramos in the chair. If he gives me a thumbs up, he's telling me to come on. We don't have any code and I know you don't know that and I understand why you may have thought that was coaching, but I'm telling you it's not. I don't cheat to win. I'd rather lose. It was a coaching violation. I guess it was a thumbs up and Serena setting him straight. That, that is not coaching. So not a good way to start. Uh, she gets called on this. She immediately goes up, deny, deny, deny. And but by the way, her coach later, Patrick Moratoglu, admitted that he was giving the signal. <laughs> he did admit it later. So now she looks like she's got a lot of egg on her face. And there are two aspects here. One, Serena Williams's first instinct is deny it, get up in that guy's face, say, no, how dare you call me on that? That wasn't what it was. I'm letting you know that. But then you heard the commentator there. The commentator said, oh, Serena Williams is just setting him straight. So, well, I don't know if she's setting him straight. Did she get the sign or not? She did get the sign. We all saw it. There are cameras all over the place. Did, did she get the sign or not? Did Hillary Clinton wipe the server or not? Did Hillary Clinton get the money from Saudi Arabia or not? We all saw it. Stop telling us not to believe our lying eyes. But then it gets even worse from there because it starts out now, Serena's getting really agitated, really upset, and then she finally loses her temper publicly. violation, record abuse, point penalty, Mrs. Williams. Code violation, private email server, code violation. What do you mean private? So Serena Williams just takes her, her racket and just smashes it on the ground, which you're not supposed to do for a couple of reasons. One, that's a, a violation. And two, it's not how, how a sportsman plays. It's unsportsmanlike. You, you don't have any sportsmanship when you're doing that because it's not just all about Serena Williams. She doesn't just get to win the game just because, just because she is who she is. Hillary Clinton doesn't get to become president just because, just because, well, it's her turn. It's her, she's waited long enough. It's her turn. 
It's all about Hillary. There's uh, no one else is even running, are they? It's just Hillary and all of the distractions. And it's that same thing. You know, Hillary Clinton's private email server was discovered. What did she do? She just hurled a bunch of bleach bit on top of it. <laughs> she just wiped the whole thing. Oh, whoops, sorry. Did you, uh, Senator Clinton, Secretary Clinton, did you wipe your server? What, did I wipe it with a cloth? Just very, uh, very angry. And then finally, worst of all, she just loses her cool at uh, the umpire. I didn't get coaching. I didn't get coaching. I didn't get coaching. You need to take, you need to make an announcement that I didn't get coaching. I don't cheat. I didn't get coaching. How can you say that? Spoiler alert, she's not going to get her apology. But it's, you're, you owe me an apology. My opponents are deplorable and irredeemable. You owe me, you say you're sorry. It was the Macedonians. It was the click farms. It was the Russians. It was okay, Hillary. Yeah, that's fine. Really looks awful. Totally losing her cool. Screaming. She's sort of on the verge of tears. And then what you heard in there, you heard about three quarters of the way through, is the beginning of the identity politics. She said, I have a daughter and I haven't cheated. So what, what, what does that have to do with anything? What do you, say, I didn't cheat. And then the, the umpire can point out, no, you, you did. I saw it. And we all saw it. Your, your coach admitted it. You did. Said, no, I didn't. And I have a daughter. Okay. I had a tuna sandwich for lunch. Great. Okay. If we're talking about things that don't matter whatsoever, she loses her cool and he stands firm. Now this is a pretty strict umpire, Carlos Ramos. Apparently he's a little more rigid than other umpires, but he's sticking to his guns. Fair enough. And then when she's not getting what she wants, when he's not going to kowtow to her and say, well, you're crying. Okay. You can have it. She loses it and she goes full identity politics. Serena was watching her coach give her a hand signal. Wow. For all the parents out there, what would you do if your child behaved this way? Because listen to how that argument goes. She, she said, you're a thief. You're deplorable and irredeemable. That's what, that's what Serena Clinton would have said. She said, you're a thief. And he said, okay, that's a violation. That's verbal abuse. You're not allowed to verbally abuse the umpire. Well, but I did it because you stole a point from me. Uh, no, I didn't. You cheated and I saw it. And then I took a point for you well within the rules. Well, but you, but you should apologize. No, I'm not apologizing for anything. Time out. You go to time. It's too bad they don't have time out. That's what they should have done. <laughs> That's what they should have done to Serena. And, uh, and then we get, we get the final straw. This is the, this is the Hillary Clinton, what happened book. This is the post-election what happened book of the U S open. Take it away. Serena Clinton. You know how many other men, you know how 
This is not fair. I'm good. I'm going to lose a game just because I lost a game. I'm what you're telling me that just because I lost that game, I'm going to lose. Oh, oh and, and I, I lost a point because I cheated. And you're saying that's not fair to lose a point if you cheat. That's not fair. I was supposed to win Wisconsin. I was supposed to win Pennsylvania. That's not fair. That's not fair. And so then, so, you know, that, that's not a great argument. You know, I, I lost and therefore I lost. That's not fair. So then she moves on. She said, so you're going to take this away from me because I'm a woman. Uh, no, we're going to take it away from you because you lost. We, we're actually not taking anything away from you. It wasn't yours to begin with. You lost. It's actually Naomi Osaka's. That's who it is because she won and you lost. You're taking it away because I'm a woman. No, the, actually, the winner's a woman, too. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I hate to break it to you. You can't, you know, if only she had been playing a man, well, if she had been playing a man, you know, it, it would have been over a lot longer, <laughs> a, lot, a lot sooner than that. But she, she, it's, not, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. Uh, this is being a really bad sport. Um, and and it's, it's too bad, too, because this girl, Naomi Osaka, did win, you know, Donald Trump did win. Somebody did win the election, but it just becomes all about the loser when you're a really bad sport. Um, and this is why this is why disrespecting the flag is so bad. This is why the, all of that not my president stuff is so bad. We'll explain why in a sec. But I've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. I'm sorry. I can't believe we're still on Facebook and YouTube, frankly. I figured we'd have gotten censored a long time ago. We're going to talk about social media censorship at the very end and how you know they're permitting all of the freaking frogs to turn gay. But before we do that, I uh, have got to tell you, if you're on dailywire.com, it, look, it's 10 bucks a month, $100 for an annual membership. You get me, you get the Andrew Clavin show, you get the Ben Shapiro show. You get to ask questions in the mailbag. Mailbag's coming up on Thursday, don't forget that. Uh, you'll get to ask questions in the conversation. Next one up with the big boss himself, Ben Shapiro. But none of that matters. This is what matters. The leftist tears tumbler. You get, th- this is a frothy brew. I actually don't know if it's even legal uh, if it's non-toxic, to mix up the David Hogg, Democratic Coalition, Serena Williams brew. Is this, is that okay? Is that, has, any, has that even been done before? The only way that you can even try it, I recommend, is in the Leftist Tears tumbler. Any other vessel will just dissolve in your hand. It'll probably put burn marks in your hand. Don't do that. Don't let yourself be caught unawares. Go to dailywire.com, get the Leftist Tears tumbler. We'll be right back. This is why all of this burn, you know, not burning the flag, but kneeling in front of the flag, disrespecting the flag, Nike putting Colin Kaepernick on its, on its ads, all of the not my president stuff. This is why it's so offensive is it's so unsportsmanlike. It, this isn't how we're supposed to behave in a country. When you look, people lose elections. The, the politics swings back and forth and back and forth. Sometimes you're going to lose, lick your wounds, regroup, go back. And I will say, I don't think there's a moral equivalence here between the left and the right. I think when the, the right lost, the right regrouped, there was a great movement called the Tea Party Movement, which was not about whining and screaming and making up things and saying, it's not fair that I lost. It was about going back to constitutional arguments, going back, I mean, it was uh, one of the greatest civics lessons in American history was the Tea Party. They said, no, we need to get back to this. We need to rein in this aspect of government. We need to rein in the regulatory state. We need to bop, 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 bop. They had an agenda and they systematically kept electing people from the local all the way up to the uh, federal level. So they, they were able to do that in the Tea Party. What is the left doing? They're just whining and screaming and trying to undo the election. I really don't think there's moral equivalence. And if you don't respect the flag, then you're not respecting 
the if if you're if you're disrespecting both the game, you know, actually having the national anthem in the sports game and the flag generally as a symbol of the country, you're not playing along with the team. You're going against the core aspect of American identity. And that is really ugly. Nobody wants a country like that. You know, we've got to live with each other. We've got to live with these people. So you've got you've got to kind of get along and at the end of the game, even if you lose and the other guy wins, instead of throwing your racket on the ground, you've got to go around and say, okay, good game. I'll get you next time, but good game. And it's this aspect of partisanship that had me a little disappointed in Senator Ben Sass over the weekend. Here is Senator Sass saying he might leave the GOP. Home state. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I have to start. Yesterday, you retweeted someone who said that they switched their party registration from Democrat to no party, and you replied by saying you, quote, regularly consider switch, switching from the Republican Party to becoming an independent uh, as well. Why and what's stopping you from doing so? Yeah, so I'm one of about eight people in the U.S. Senate who's never been a politician before. And I think I've been saying for three years that I conceive of myself as an independent conservative who caucuses with the Republicans. But frankly, neither of these parties have a long-term vision for the future of the country. You know, 10 years from now, where are we going to be in the future of work when young people are disrupted out of jobs three times a decade? Future of war and cyber the collapse of community. Like, there's massive stuff happening in America, and these parties are really pretty content to do 24-hour news cycles screaming at each other. The main thing that the Democrats are for is being anti-Republican and anti-Trump, and the main thing Republicans are for is being anti-Democrat and anti-CNN. And Here we go. It seems to me I've heard this song before. <laughs> you hear this. I also love the idea that Senator Sass is complaining about politicians going on the 24-hour news cycle while he is on CNN, while he is on the 24-hour news cycle. I I like Senator Sass. I think he's super smart. I think he could be a great help to the conservative movement and to the GOP and to the country broadly. But he's playing this game right now. I call it being a Republican, but not that kind of Republican. It's really, you got to say it really fast. You see this a lot uh, with Republicans who want to be liked by CNN and the New York Times. You see a lot of college kids are like this. They say, I'm a Republican, but I'm not that kind of Republican. Don't wait. No, I'm not a bad guy. Uh, You know, I I hope he cuts this out because, first of all, the New York Times is never going to like you. CNN is never going to like you. They're going to use you while you're valuable to them, while you're a good cudgel against other Republicans, and they're going to totally dismiss you when you pose a threat to Democrats. But also, you need a team. You do need a team. I'm not saying we need super uber partisanship. I'm just pointing out the reality of politics, which is that it is a team sport. And look at the left right now. Is the left getting less partisan? Do you think the Democrats are getting less partisan all of a sudden? That's not what I see in the wacky vaudeville show that's going on in the congressional hearings right now. That's not what I'm seeing all across the country in fundraising. I'm seeing them doubling down. There, there are candidates for the Democrats running on impeachment. There's supposed to be a legal basis for impeachment. They're throwing that out the window. They're saying it's pure partisanship. It's pure politics. You need a team, and th- this is not the time to start sniping against your own guys. I think people need to regroup because they're, they're coming after us uh, in a united front. Uh, both in the civil society and in the government. And nowhere is that more clear than in social media. So you see this right now on the social media platforms. Uh, uniformly, they are attacking people who eschew left-wing orthodoxy. And I'm choosing my words carefully here. I'm not saying that they're just targeting conservatives or they're just targeting liberal Republicans, or they're just targeting fiscal conservatives and social liberal. I'm not saying, or they're just targeting wacko people who are out on the fringes. That isn't true. What they're doing is they're coming for every single person who eschews a leftist 
orthodoxy. I make, uh, to, to draw that distinction home, I will uh, point out that Apple has finally kicked Alex Jones off of its app. So you know Alex Jones. He's the conspiracy theorist. He's the shirtless vitamin salesman. Uh, but he was kicked off of Twitter. Why? They, initially, they said he could stay on Twitter. Then they said he couldn't stay on Twitter. They kicked him off of all of his social media platforms. They kicked him off his podcast. But the app was allowed to remain. They never said that he uh, violated a rule or anything. They just kicked it off, which means that now, now that he's off of all of social media, he's off of his app, we will not be able to get important political commentary like this. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Me neither, Alex. <laughs> but I, I point that out because, look, is this the conservative agenda to change the water so that the frickin' frogs stop turning gay. I don't think that's the conservative agenda, but they're going after him too. Why, why is the left going after him? Why is big tech going after Alex Jones? Because he's the easiest one to get. He's the, look, who's going to argue against taking that guy off of the air? No, no, none of the self-respecting conservatives who read a lot of books and wear tweed jackets and things like that, but he's just the entry point because they're going to go after him then they're going to go after, they, they kicked Gavin McGinnis off of a bunch of social media platforms. Now, Gavin, he's, Gavin's been on Fox News. Gavin's been a much more mainstream figure. He founded Vice Media. Uh, then, so then they're going to, and then, who are they going to go after next? Who are they going to go after next? It's all of this line. Eventually, over the weekend, we saw Twitter kickoff. Not crazy Alex Jones, not a comedian like Gavin McGinnis, not. They kicked off Chris Peranto, who is a CIA security contractor at the Benghazi compound. He was there fighting during the attack on our compound and our consulate in Benghazi. Why did they kick him off? Because he criticized and corrected the record when Barack Obama lied about Benghazi. And they kicked him off of Twitter for that. This is, this is what he said. He said, quote, well, Barack Obama previously had said that Republicans and conservatives have delved into conspiracy theories about Benghazi. What's the conspiracy theory? So he responded, Chris Peranto said, Benghazi is a conspiracy, Barack Obama? How about we do this? Let's put your cowardly behind on the top of a roof with six of your buddies and shoot RPGs and AK-47s at you while terrorists lob 81 millimeter mortars uh, killing uh, two of your buddies all while waiting for U.S. support that you never sent. Hashtag scum. Uh, so, is it, first of all, how did they kick him off? They probably were saying, oh, he threatened Barack Obama. That's not a threat. He is, he is relating his experience at the Benghazi compound when help didn't come because the Obama administration did not respond appropriately to the Benghazi attack. And then worse yet, afterward, they covered it up. If anybody's going to talk about a conspiracy, the conspiracy was from the Obama administration, when they lied about it, they said it wasn't a terrorist attack. They blamed it on some ridiculous YouTube video. And he corrects the record and he gets suspended for that. He gets suspended. This is what's happening. This is a preview because the left broadly blames social media platforms for the 2016 election. That before social media, before uh, all of the new media, the left controlled the mainstream media narrative. The, the American voters couldn't get conservative perspectives if they weren't distorted and perverted by the left-wing lens of the mainstream media. With the new media that came out, with the internet, with social media, conservatives could get their point of view across unvarnished. They could control their own message and their own political destiny. And they have never forgiven them for that. They're raking them over the coals. Social media is responding to it. And uh, it's only going to get worse. This is all about the midterms. They're going to, and if it works in the midterms, they're going to amp it up for 2020. This is not the time for that. I'm a Republican, but not that kind of Republican attitude for sucking up to the New York Times or CNN. 
We really should stop it. If, if the Democrats win the midterms, we get impeachment. If the Democrats win the Senate, we might get a conviction. There's still a lot of things that we need to accomplish, and uh, it's time that we get serious about accomplishing it before the midterms. Okay, now we've got to move on to things I hate and things I like. Why are we doing that? Well, it's because uh, for today and tomorrow, I'm sitting in for Ben's radio show. You know, Ben has a radio show that goes out all across the country. So I'm sitting in for that, and I want to really channel Ben. You know, I did, it's Rosh Hashanah, happy Rosh Hashanah to all of my Jewish friends. And so I, I really want to channel him. And I don't have the yarmulke, although PragerU did give me one a few years ago, which I refer to as my Prager Yumaka. But I don't have that. I'm not going to really be able to do that. I don't, I don't know enough about the history of Rosh Hashanah. So the way I'm going to channel it is I'm going to do things I hate and things I like. I'll do it real quick. Things I hate. Uh, waking up early to do Ben's radio show. I really, you know, you know me. I need to get at least 17 to 19 hours of sleep per night for Ben's radio show. You got to wake up pretty early, uh, but that's okay because things I like is doing Ben's radio show. <laughs> I don't even. Did we even tell Ben that I'm doing this? I basically just kicked down the door and busted in, and I said, "Well, <laughs> we're doing the radio show." So, <laughs> so what I need you to do is go over and just send the link to the radio. I think we're on WABC. Send the link to the radio show just all over the place and make, get those numbers really high. And uh, I want Ben to just have his jaw on the floor, steam coming out of his ears when he comes back from celebrating the holiday. Uh, that's my request. Thank you. I'll be back tomorrow too. <laughs> and make sure you get your mailbag questions in for Thursday because there is a lot of stuff to cover this week. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I will see you tomorrow. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Senia Villarreal. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer, Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Jim Nickel. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire Forward Publishing production. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018.